This is Phaedra Cook, editor and publisher of Houston Food Finder, back with the Houston Food Finder podcast after a pretty long absence. It's been really busy and fraught with drama since my last podcast episode. Shortly after I recorded the last one, Houston Food Finder, quite frankly, was in danger of having to close again due to lack of revenue. And thankfully, many Houston businesses pulled together and committed to supporting us for three months. We are in the second month of that commitment. After next month, who knows? But we are hopeful that we will continue earning that support. This episode and the one after it are very special. I have been planning on this ever since that previous podcast episode. These will be in honor of Cleverly Stone, my friend who founded Houston Restaurant Weeks. There just couldn't be a more appropriate time for this than now. For this very special first episode of the two-part series, we will be talking to Cleverly's daughter. And no, I didn't know much about her. I'm sure many people didn't. But she has an absolutely fascinating background. I like Katie a lot. And I'm so glad that she has decided to continue her mother's legacy. As you'll learn in this podcast, it's not an easy endeavor. Coordinating Houston Restaurant Weeks is a huge task. It's huge. And Cleverly used to do it single-handedly, which honestly was just too, too much. So Katie has some help. I'm very glad to hear that. And really, in 2020, we need Houston Restaurant Weeks now more than ever. Not only to generate enthusiasm for dining and getting meals to go, which a lot of people are more comfortable with now with the COVID situation, but the restaurants need it. And the Houston Food Bank needs it. It needs the support, too, because so many people have been short on funds and have had to go to the food bank to supplement their needs. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from Katie and hearing about her history. I certainly did. Next week, we will talk with some dear friends of Cleverly's. So let's go ahead and get into the interview. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Hey, Phaedra. Thanks so much. It's so nice to meet you. So nice to chat with you. I know this is the very first time I've ever gotten to speak with you, and I am just absolutely thrilled. I knew your mom for many years, and of course, we were in similar professions, her for much longer than me. I've been around doing this for a decade, and your your mother far surpassed me. I think she had done this for, for 30, 30 years, I think. Probably, in some, in some form or another. I remember always seeing her on TV and seeing her picture in the paper, her column, all, go, you know, all coming up through school and everything. So some way or another, she was always out there doing her thing, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. That must have been so interesting for you growing up to be able to see your mom on TV. 
It really was. It was normal for me uh, just because I knew that, you know, what my mom did for a living as far as writing and being on TV, you know, I, I understood that part of her career. But, you know, I also understood that she was so passionate about everything that she did. And it, it wasn't ever kind of a, a, a chore, so to speak, for her to um, do her job or, you know, stay up super late at night doing something or getting up super early in the morning. She was just always so enthusiastic and so passionate about everything she was doing. And, and, and yes, it, it was an absolutely brilliant example for a, a young child to observe. Uh, certainly set the path for me as far as believing that I could do anything and searching for joy and passion in everything that I've done. You went into a very different line of work than your mom. My understanding is that you are a professional poker player. I am. I'm a professional poker player. I started out quite a long time ago, but before poker, I was in chess. And uh, so I was a chess player all growing up. I was also a very talented little basketball player. <laughs> I was very active in basketball here in Houston. And I, I went to St. Agnes for high school. And I was also a ball girl for the Houston Rockets. I was on the court for both championships, actually. I was the only ball girl during that time. So, you know, that was a big part of my family here in Houston during that time. Ended up going to a college that had a chess program up in Dallas, University of Texas at Dallas. And they have a extremely well-recognized internationally um, chess program there. And while I was in college, I actually started a company called USA Chess that taught children how to play chess in a summer camp setting. And within a few years, the company had grown to over 100 cities across the U.S. offering summer chess camps to different schools across the United States and also extracurricular and in school during the day as well as after school programs in about 50 schools um, in between Houston, Dallas, and Washington, D.C. Around 2003, actually right when HRW was getting going, and 2004, sold the majority of the shares in that company and made a conscious decision to become a poker player. What I did appreciate from learning chess and playing chess and studying chess, I absolutely felt that it gave me almost a manual to my brain. The things that you learn in chess are very, very transferable into other areas of your life. And the younger you learn these things, the better, just because you have more time to practice and implement these ideas. The interesting thing, too, about how, it, how I switched into poker is... Um, I, you know, it wasn't, I, I didn't just come up with the idea, but there was, there was, a, there were a lot of chess players around the same time who were making the transition into poker because poker um, had kind of just started to become really popular. There's something called the Moneymaker Boom, which was when Chris Moneymaker won the World Series of Poker in 2003. And so that was a very, very big deal in the poker world. And so a lot of chess players kind of recognized that there was a similar skill set and also that chess players might be somewhat more better suited to start a new game because they knew already how to approach games and new games and how to study. And so the chess players kind of had a leg up 
so to speak, on, you know, someone else who was just introing a new game. And there was, quite frankly, a lot more money in poker than in chess. And that's a pretty big draw for people, especially people who like to play games. I work for myself and I make my own schedule and I am investing in myself and I am investing in my family's future. And I enjoy showing my son a similar path to what my mother showed me, which is find something and do something that you are passionate about and that you love and also find a way to help other people. And so this is what brings us all back to HRW in, you know, continuing my mother's legacy. Your mom shared with me many times just how much work HRW is. It's a lot to coordinate with these hundreds of restaurants. So I know this was not a small decision for you, and I know it's not an easy feat. What made you decide that you wanted to go ahead and step in to carry forward your mother's legacy? Well, there was no choice, Phaedra. I mean, I think that I think everybody will agree with me. To be totally fair, I honestly cannot imagine a more proper and more deserving way um, to, you know, continue the work that she has been doing. And I feel like it's the least I can do. She helped millions of people. And it's not an easily describable feeling, you know, anything that I can do to continue that is pretty much all I want to do. I know there are many, many people who are very grateful to you for picking up the reins on this and and continuing to drive it forward. I mean, I know restaurant owners are very grateful for this. Of course, the diners look forward to this every single year. I mean, being someone on the media side who has covered Houston Restaurant Weeks, the level of excitement for Houston Restaurant Weeks every year among our readers is always just phenomenal. So I know a lot of people are really grateful to you. And I told your mother more than once how absolutely proud of herself that she needed to be for what she had accomplished. Like you said, she literally helped millions of people because you've got to think about the money raised for the food bank, all those people that the Houston food bank feed every year. So it's so important. I would hope that you've got some help behind you, that you've got some support and some volunteers. What has been kind of like your main work over the past few months for Houston Restaurant Weeks? Well, it's been very long days without any breaks. It is quite an undertaking, like you've described, Phaedra. I don't know how she did all of this work. Um, I think you know, like, like you said before, you know, she's been, she had been doing this for so long. She knew so, so many people. And so a lot of this was probably just, she could do it with her eyes closed. Right. For me though, it's quite, quite a curve. However, it is so passion filled, so to speak, 
even though it, there, there is so much work and there are so many things that I have to do and so many people that I am meeting and so many restaurants that I'm becoming aware of for the first time, everything that I'm doing, I know that I'm doing exactly how she would want it to be done. So that kind of allows me to get through the days sometimes with just a few cups of coffee. And you know, by the end of the day, I realize I haven't eaten, and, but I don't even realize it because I'm just so focused because we are behind quite a bit in the planning. And so it's been quite the hustle to get every, everything up to speed. Uh, my mother was sick for about a year. And so she would have been working, on, as you know, on HRW um, this entire time. She was working on HRW 2020 in October of last year. So, you know, and then, and then she started to get, you know, too weak. So there's, there's just a lot that, you know, a lot of stuff that would have been getting worked on this entire time that we, we just started a few months ago. So is Houston home base for you? Are you having to travel back and forth to facilitate the work that you're doing? So New Jersey is our home base. My mother and I were originally from New Jersey. and I was there until I was about 12. And so I have family back there. My husband is born and raised in New Jersey. So his whole family is there. And then also New Jersey uh, happens to be one of the few states that we can work in because we primarily play online poker and online poker is regulated only in a few states in the United States. Nevada is another one of those states. And so just because of our work, we usually spend three to four months out of the year in Las Vegas anyway. We have a house there as well. And the World Series of Poker generally takes place over the summer. So we're usually there for two and a half months during the summer and then uh, just for a variety of other work projects and or tournaments or something like that, we'll, we'll travel. So we're used to living in a few different places. For now, my husband and son are staying in New Jersey simply because that's where he can work and it's where we have help, childcare help. Uh, and then I'm here in Houston working here with HRW. So that's kind of how we have wow, it situated now. Yeah. That's quite a, a sacrifice that you've made to commit to being away from your family in order to facilitate this and make sure the 2020 effort gets off the ground. So thank you for doing that. And of course, your restaurants need HRW now more than ever because COVID-19 has caused dining rooms to currently operate at only half capacity. Over the past few months, dining rooms have been shut down. Then they opened at 25% capacity. They were about, to, they went to 75% and then got knocked back down to 50% when the number of COVID cases started really climbing. So tell me about the changes that have been made for HRW this year to really help restaurant owners. So a few changes have been made. One change in particular that was made very early on was the reduction of the donation to $1 across the board. And that decision was made because so many restaurants are, like you said, in extremely difficult circumstances for several months now. And so HRW obviously is something very helpful for the restaurants, the entire industry. And so we wanted to really be able to get as many 
open restaurants um, to be able to participate as, as much as possible. Another change that has been made is the, is the to-go options. You know, a lot of restaurants haven't offered their food to go in the past. And I know that HRW menus have not either. But this year, everybody's kind of having to make some changes and adjust. And so I think pretty much everyone is going to be offering. We're about 225 restaurants right now, Phaedra, and that is growing every day. And we're still adding but I do believe that everyone is going to be offering their HRW menus to go. It'll definitely be on the website. Also, a lot of people have reached out and said, hey, can we can we find the restaurants that are, you know, can we sort somehow in the menus for ones that are offered to go? And so what we did do is we had um, a few changes on the website over the last few days and added some additional functionality. So if you go to the maps and search page on the website on houstonrestaurantweeks.com. And then you go to the advanced tab. There's two tabs and then you, there's a drop down menu. We added to go as a cuisine type. And so you can search that way. And we're in the process of populating all of the restaurants that are offering to go. And so that'll be something really easy for people to check out. That's terrific. And I know the owners have really got to appreciate that these measures have been taken to help them out. And a lot of diners still aren't comfortable eating in a dining room, myself included. So being able to take their HRW multi-course meal to go is going to be great for them. They can just curbside pickup, take it home, and be very comfortable about doing that. So that's great. Has it been interesting getting to know all of these restaurant owners that, of course, your mom knew them after her decades of journalism and working with these owners. It's got to be super interesting for you to get to know so many of them now. It really is. And, and you know, what is so sweet about it is they all have so many different experiences and stories. So when I meet people, it's almost like I see, you know, another side of my mother because they'll tell they'll tell me a funny story about, you know, oh, you know, whatever. We were in this restaurant and this one time, blah blah blah, you know, and it's just it's it just brings you back. It's like a whole other world, you know. But you know, a lot of them too, Phaedra, have known me for a long time because my mother has been so present in the restaurant world for for so long and in Houston for so long, and so a lot of people, even from when I was in high school. In some respects, it's just very helpful for me to be able to reach out to people whom I have known for a long time. And on the other side, it's extremely heartwarming to hear from, I can't even tell you how many people have emailed me, restaurant owners and just everybody. So just such sweet messages. And so many people also, oh my gosh, I I just can't even tell you, like people, new restaurants, new chefs, people starting their businesses, just People like that, just like, you know, your mother, you know, helped me so much when I first started my business. You know, I'm a single mom or what, you know, just so many of those, Phaedra. I can't even tell you. And I don't know that I even really kind of appreciated that or, or knew much that she, how much effort she would put into helping so many new business owners in Houston. I, I that wasn't really something that I was ever aware of, but she clearly did so much of that and they have a lot of them have reached out which is very nice i am not surprised at all uh, so many people knew cleverly and everybody has a cleverly story at yeah. least one <laughs> yeah, and i'm sure yeah. you probably heard so many <laughs> yeah but you know it's i love it though because it's funny too is that the new people that i am meeting 
they'll tell me a story, but then after talking to me, they'll say, oh my gosh, you look so much like your mom or you sound so much like your mom. And, and I, sometimes I feel bad about that too, because it's, I, I, you know, like, I don't want to make people sad. Now, I, I think you're probably making people really proud and, and it, it's got to be a huge comfort to have you there. And I'm sure your, your mom is exceptionally proud of you. I hope so. I hope. I know she is, and I also know your mom had had exacting standards, and I don't think anybody would have known what those standards were better than you. So, well, I, I think it's yeah, great. I'm, I am definitely my mother's daughter, and as far as I'm concerned, had the absolute best childhood and had the best mom ever. Is there anything else in particular that you would like for our listeners? to know, whether it be about your mom or Houston Restaurant Weeks 2020 or anything else? I absolutely would just love to tell everyone thank you from the bottom of my heart for all of the messages and support. I I don't think that I fully understood how many people really, truly loved her. It is quite an honor to continue her work, and I very much so look forward to doing it, like you said, <laughs> with uh, in her standards and just trying to do everything as, as she would have liked. Katie, we will always miss your mom, and it, however, we are, are also so very grateful for you, and it is just an honor for me to get to talk to Cleverly's daughter. Thank you so much for talking with me for the podcast. And like we talked about earlier, I cannot wait to meet you in person someday and and be able to do something normal, like having lunch in a restaurant. Yes, we'll have to, we'll have to go to, maybe we'll go to Luby's before they close. This was one of my mom's and my favorite spots. And so we'll have to go to Luby's and have some good memories. Thanks so much. Katie, I appreciate it. Thank you, Phaedra. It was lovely talking to you. Let's talk soon. That concludes my interview with Katie, who, by the way, even though she is married, she says that she does still go by Stone. So it certainly will be easy for all of us to remember her as Katie Stone. I really appreciated the opportunity to talk with her and get to know her a little bit. And I hope you did, too. For the second of our memorial podcast episodes honoring Cleverly Stone, we will be talking to two people who knew her for many years. We will speak with Benjamin Berg, a restaurateur in Houston whose original restaurant, especially B&B Butchers, would frequently be the top fundraiser for Houston Restaurant Weeks. And we'll speak with Mary Lamb, who on Cleverly's radio show, The Cleverly Show, she used to call Mary her crack research department. And Mary's got some great stories, and I hope you will enjoy hearing them. Thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to go out and support Houston Restaurant Weeks. And I'd also like you to visit the Houston Food Finder website and check out an article about the Restaurants Act, which is 
gaining support in the House. It is a bill that would provide the support that independent small restaurants and bars need in order to make it through until next year when hopefully we're not dealing with such a big pandemic problem. Thanks, and you'll hear from me again soon. Take care.